Hello, welcome to the Afraid Not Podcast. We're so glad you're here. I'm Robin Wall. And I'm Jill McCormick. Thanks for tuning in, and this episode's a little different than our normal ones. We're going to actually just be talking to each other. We're going to give you guys a chance to kind of hear from us, hear some stories that we have, and, and know a little bit about us. We'll give you a little peek into our lives and how God has moved in different ways, whether big or small, and whether it was a long time ago or just this week, and how we are in this walk, walking along and, and trying to grow in our faith and talking about the things that have we've seen God do. We'll also talk a little bit about podcasts and how this podcast came to be about. So sit back and enjoy and listen as we just kind of visit with you. So hi, Robin. Hey, Jill. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Great. This is going to be kind of fun, sitting and <laughs> talking with each other and interviewing each other. This is going to be like we're talking on the phone or something. Right, exactly. So. so listeners, as you're joining in with us today, we are hoping that you can get a glimpse of what we're like, and as we do more episodes in the future, that you'll know who is the voice behind the microphone, who are the people talking, and we're just going to talk with each other today. Okay, so Robin, tell me, tell me, give me a little glimpse into your life. What does your life look like? Okay, I am a very happily married woman. I've been married to Chris Wall for almost 25 years. August of 2019, we will be married 25 years, so that is really, really exciting. And I'm so grateful for my sweet husband. He's just wonderful. And we have three kids. We have Emily, who's 20, Eric, who is 18, and Maggie, who is 14, almost 15 in January, January the 9th. So we are very blessed with these three precious kids. We love them a lot. They're each so unique, so Mm -hmm. different. They're a delight to be the parent of. I'm so grateful for our kids. Um, I love being a pastor's wife. That's something that I don't have to drag my feet about. In case anyone's out there has has ever wondered, I wonder if Robin signed up for that. Because (laughs) my husband is the pastor at First Baptist Church Owasso, and I am thrilled to be in the seat I'm in. I knew that God was calling me to a lifetime of shared ministry when I was a teenager at Falls Creek, when I was 17. And I was there listening to his voice and and knowing I knew that he called me and that he said to me, follow my path and you're going to be with a partner in ministry. And I remembered being really happy saying, yes, Lord. So I knew that I was going to be, I didn't know what, but I knew that there would be some kind of ministry, maybe evangelism or music or missions or, and now it's turned out to be a youth pastor that has now become a senior pastor. And Falls Creek happens to be where you met. It does happen to be where I met and also where my parents met, which is yes. that a little strange? It That's is adorable. seems a little, it is pretty cute. Uh, we met at Falls Creek and had our first icy date on July 25th of 1990. Pretty sweet. Wow. I know, back in the day. So you're also a pastor's daughter. Yes, yeah, so, and granddaughter. And granddaughter. Of a pastor. Oh. Okay. I, I'm a granddaughter of a pastor, daughter of a music minister my whole life. And there are other connections in the family as well. So ministry has surrounded my life in many ways. And I know that sometimes if that's the case with a person, they may resent and 
and resist and think, okay, Lord, I'll do anything but that, anything but that. <laughs> but that wasn't my my situation. I really felt blessed to be in the home I was in growing up, and I didn't want a different life other than being a pastor's wife, and I love it. Um, something else I'm really passionate about that I enjoy so much is my job. I love teaching yes, music. I was going to say, you have another job besides just pastor's I do. Wife. <laughs> so I am the elementary music teacher at one of the elementary schools in Owasso Public Schools, Barnes Elementary, and I am in my sixth year there, and I absolutely love it. And each day I have the opportunity to love on kids, have fun with them, teach them about music, and the ones that are dragging their feet to come in, I try to kind of trick them into having fun. It's absolutely my favorite thing when we're lining up at the end of each class period mm-hmm. and I hear them talking to each other. And if they t- say, oh, that was fun, I just get <laughs> a little warmth in my heart of, oh, yes, yes, they had fun today. And if I'm having fun, so are they most of the time. And we do all kinds of stuff, folk dancing and instrument playing like recorders and xylophones and all kinds of percussion instruments and drums and all the little ones. We pull out puppets and scarves and ribbons. And I'm serious. We have way too much fun. It's so great. So (laughs) if you are listening and you're like, wow, that doesn't really sound fun to me. Well, you should not have my job because I love my job. (laughs) We we can have opposite end of the spectrum jobs. Yeah, we do. We'll talk about yours. How about we, (laughs) let's have a peek into the life of Jill McCormick. Tell us about you, Jill. Um, I have been married to Sean for 23 years. We met at Glorietta, so also church camp, sort of. So sweet. (laughs) I have two kids. Quinn is 20, almost 21, and is in college. And then Aiden is a senior and will be going off to college next year. So um, tell us about what you do in your work, too. I am a high school counselor. So I'm also in the schools, but Robin gets them as their beginning. I get them as their ending. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so we don't do puppets. and, and No puppets? And, no, um. we don't. But um, And I'm a counselor, so we do a lot of talking about life and what's going on and what their plans are and... It's fun. I was a teacher first, and I love teaching, but my favorite part was always just having a relationship with the kids and um, helping them figure out their life, so I decided to go into counseling. And actually, Jill would not say this, but she is just so great at her job. I know from my own kids and from talking to kids in our youth group at church that they just feel like they can really talk to you. They can share their hearts with you. They can trust you. I've heard them tell each other, well, you really should go talk to Jill. (laughs) (laughs) So it's really important that you're there. You're doing a great job with meeting needs of kids there in the office. So That's uh, that's what I feel like is my ministry. So I I also felt like I was being called to the ministry when I was in um, high school and thought that might look like being a pastor's wife of some sort, which I'm not. Sean's not in the ministry. But... um, and so I kind of had a confusion with that later on in, like, just a few years ago even. I was like, God, I thought you were calling me to something. And it was like he kind of stopped me in my tracks and said, you're doing what I called you to do. Mm-hmm. Because I do, I mean, kind of like Julie had said a few weeks ago, this this is my ministry. And not that I get to, you know, like, lead Bible studies or anything in my office. But I get to speak into kids when they're hurting. And, mm-hmm. and there have been times that a kid has asked me to pray with them. So... 
Right. Those open those opportunities really do happen. And when we're watching for those, that is pretty much a golden moment of a chance to say when it when a child brings it up or when a teenager brings mm-hmm. it up and you're talking with them, you have, you know, for instance, a student that I'm thinking about that said, my family doesn't believe in God. And I was able to, in that moment, it was just a one-on-one time. There were no other students with us right then. And I said, you know, I do believe in God, and He is so real to me. And I can't show you on a piece of paper how I can scientifically somehow prove Him, Mm -hmm. but I hear His voice, and I know He answers my prayers, and I feel in my heart the peace and the hope and Mm -hmm. the strength and the joy that He provides me, and that is real to me. So I can have conversations like that in moments that my kids need a prayer. If they're telling me my grandma's sick and I can just pull them over to the side and Mm -hmm. say, let's just, I'm going to pray with you, pray for your grandma. Moments like that. I love that I'm there in the classroom. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, like I don't, I can't, I don't open up that conversation. So if they don't bring that up or they're not involved in church, I just kind of deal with the, whatever's happening. But if if I know them or they know me and they've brought it up, then then we can kind of have that conversation. Mm-hmm. So I guess one thing we can say right here for whoever's out there listening, let's all just be mindful that when God opens up a door in a conversation, we need to have our eyes open so we can recognize the moment. And He can do all kinds of things we would never see coming if we're ready to talk and and walk through that door that he's opened in someone's heart. Because it's really him doing that. It's never us doing that. Right. Yeah. So, Jill, how about you tell us about a time that God brought you through a time that was frayed in your life and maybe the lessons you Well, let's talk about how we know each other first. (gasps) Oh, yeah, let's do that. (laughs) We go way back. We go way, way back. (laughs) We met... Actually, in 1990, right? Nine or 91. Because yeah. Chris, who is now my husband, he at that time was interim, no, interned for mm-hmm. youth ministry at Council Road Baptist Church in Oklahoma City mm-hmm. for the youth minister, Eric Heistead. And were you working in the youth ministry, right? I, yes. I was um, in college, but I was teaching Sunday school in the youth group. So when Chris started being the intern, I was kind of the unofficial, unhired intern of the intern because I was dating him and I wanted to hang out with him. So I was there a lot, helping just for fun. <laughs> and I don't even recall exactly how we started hanging out, but I think we just I know, started I don't either. hanging out, maybe going to have dinner and just having some fun time. I remember watching a movie at your house. We, had, we went to a Nutcracker Ballet one year. That was quite... That was memorable. Memorable, yes. So <clears throat> one memorable night that we have laughed about many times, <laughs> in about a year and a half into my dating relationship with Chris, we were hanging out at your house. We had a mm-hmm. movie night with some mm-hmm. friends. And I think you even commented later, wow, you all were really quiet. <laughs> and we, after the movie, went out to Chris's car. And before he started the car and we drove home, we ended up having this very long conversation. And we broke up. <laughs> <laughs> it was sad and teary and terrible. And it was the beginning of an eight-month roller coaster Ugh, that was not fun. That incorporated singing to each other as they broke up with oh, each other. Embarrassing. <laughs> so 
So sad and so true. So if you oh, were in, in youth ministry at all in the 90s and you know who Michael W. Smith is. And you know the song, Pray For Me. <laughs> I bet you can bring that little chorus to your memory right this minute. So anyway, that that's a true story. And I am happy to tell you that's listeners so that precious. after eight months of ups and downs and roller coasters, Chris and I did get back together and we've been together ever since. So that's a happy ending there. But they but did break up in front of my house. We've laughed many times about how we hung out on, on Jill's curb and broke up. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that is a true and funny story. And we have been friends all these years. Sometimes we were Able to even have our, our boys were on the same baseball team mm-hmm. when they were about seven and eight. Maybe. No, they were younger than that because we moved to Owasso. So five. After that. Yeah, they were, yeah, it would have been preschool. The force. The, the force. force baseball. Yeah. Some good times there. And even our daughters were in some cheerleading camps. Yes. And with our other precious, precious friend, Faith Whitfield, her daughter, Jessica. So the three little girls would go and do their little thing together sometimes and a lot of birthday parties shared together Mm -hmm. and lots of fun with that. So, And then fast forward a few years, Sean and I moved to Owasso because of his job. And then about what year did you move here? 2012. So five years later, Chris and Robin move here. We were looking for a pastor at First Baptist Owasso. And I remember telling Sean, I think I know who it's going to be. And I don't know why I knew that. And I knew you and Chris were coming. <laughs> so strange. Well, you knew it before we did. <laughs> and, you know, it's such a cool thing. I was just thinking about this, how kind and loving and good God is that... He did not have to do that for me. He didn't have to do that. But the fact that he gave me a longtime friend, a trusted, loyal friend, before I even got to the church, what a good gift. That's a good gift. So I I mean, I love the new friends I've made too. First Baptist Owasso is a rich, beautiful place of, of friendships and people that love the Lord. And I'm so grateful to be a First Baptist Owasso. And, but the fact that I have a friend that goes back to 1990 is just <laughs> awesome. <laughs> of course, yeah. we were just five, right? Right, we were we were still in preschool, right? Yeah. So I was wondering if you might tell what it was like when you had your life kind of changed and and you realized, okay, I'm gonna take some new paths when your husband decided, I think God's telling me to go back to school. So what was it like? What was all of that like? So my husband worked in, in, he had a degree that was kind of in the medical field, but he worked in a laboratory and he wanted to be around people more. And then he changed jobs and went into business, was around people more, but then he missed the medical. So he kind of wanted to combine those. So I told him, I was like, you spend too many hours at your job. If you want to go back to school, go back to school. And he um, prayed about it, talked to some people, and kind of felt like he was... We had a friend who had gone through um, cancer recently, and he felt like he should go into radiation therapy. So he went back to school to do radiation therapy. At this time, we had two little biddies at home, and I was going back to get my master's in counseling. So it was hard because we were basically living on nothing, air, but it was, <laughs> but it was what we felt led to do. And it, and then when he finished that, the job opening that came up was in the Tulsa area. So we moved here. 
And now I bet your kids would never want to go back, right? Yeah, I mean, they miss their friends in Oklahoma City, but they, they, this has been home. So, and it was kind of a an interesting moment for our family once we had been planted in Owasso for a while, and that one thing we had prayed for was that God would help our kids to put roots down in a new place after they had painfully been ripped up when we were so happy and, and deeply planted in Oklahoma City. And each one of them, one at a time, came to us at different times in that, maybe after a year or so, and just said on their own, I just want you to know I'm so happy here. And I'm, I love my mm-hmm. friends. I love my church. I love my school. You know, all these things that we felt like God really blessed us in answering that prayer, that they were very content in our new place. And we love it here. We absolutely love yeah. it. Yeah. Okay, so you tell you start with the time. Can you think of a time when things got frayed for you or or that one you had of, to seek God? Yes, one of the times that comes to mind was the the spring <laughs> of 2016 was a tough time of knowing that our oldest child, Emily, was going to be graduating from high school and going off to college and we didn't really know where yet and I was emotionally pretty much a wreck. I don't know if any listeners out there have been like this, but I I think I cried a little bit or maybe even a lot (laughs) every day in the month of May. I really did. I mean, I was kind of a basket case just thinking about how I would miss her so much, her sweet, sunshiny presence in her home, her helpful hands, her kind attitude. She's just one of those amazing, precious personalities. Yeah. And I would even just, I'd pull the plates down out of the the cabinet to set the table, and I'd start filling up with tears. Oh, I'll only need four plates next fall. And just, I'm in. Oh, gosh, and you're going to go through it again this May. I know. Well, we both are, as our boys are about to graduate. So actually going through the time I'm about to tell really did get me a little bit more close to the Lord and a little tougher, too. And so learning through that spring that I really can trust the Lord with every single thing and the people that I love. I can trust Him with the people I love. I can trust Him to do the right thing, the best thing always. And there was one specific time that I prayed so much for something, and the process of it is really, it was really defining in me as far as the power of prayer and how much I knew that God can choose to give good gifts to his children when he mm-hmm. when he wants to. And he's always good all the time, whether he says yes or whether he says no or whether he says not right now. But this specific thing was a, a scholarship interview that Emily was up for at Oklahoma Baptist University. And she had been selected for a finalist round with 10 students that were excellent for this Choctaw scholarship. And we have Choctaw blood from my dad's side of the family. My great-grandma was full-blood Choctaw. And so we are, um, our kids are on the Choctaw roll. And I knew that if she was able to get this scholarship, it would be a huge difference mm-hmm. for us being able to afford her going to school there. Mm-hmm. And I really would have, I was so excited about the idea of her going to school there, even more than she was. And Chris and I had said all along, we want God to lead you where you're going to go, and God will show you the right path, and we don't want you to feel like you have to go where we went, just we want Him to show you the right path for you. So she was looking at all different schools all around, but this scholarship opened up, and she went for the interview, 
And then we had a waiting period of about three weeks before final decisions were made and notified, we would be notified. And so the time period between the interview and the results were a time of serious prayer for me. I I really prayed, I think, every waking hour. Mm -hmm. Every waking hour, I was praying specifically, Lord, please allow this scholarship to go Emily's way. And I prayed that the committee would think about her and that they would be drawn to her Mm -hmm. and they would give her favor. I just, I prayed specifically all these things. And I knew every time I prayed it, I'd say, Lord, I know that you may not say yes. I know it may be someone else's. You may decide this is someone else's, but I sure am praying for your yes. And the day that we found out she got that scholarship, we were together in the kitchen and we jumped up and down. I cried tears of joy. It was a, a real intimacy with God said yes. Oh my goodness. We were just, it was pretty overwhelming. It was pretty awesome. So I would say that time mm-hmm. really taught me a lot about prayer and how the intimacy I felt with the Lord and in that time of how much I was praying mm-hmm. was really a beautiful thing. And so that's a time I look back at and I think, wow, thank you, Lord, for bringing me closer to you and for what you did. And his answer of yes meant so much to, to us. So And, and you can't imagine her anywhere else, right? I can't. She's a junior at OBU and she loves it there and she's doing so well. And I just am thrilled and thankful. So your turn. Now you tell about a time that maybe you went through um, a time where God showed His faithfulness in a time of, of trial. Well, the the main thing that the first thing that comes it, when when I was pregnant with Quinn, my first my firstborn, um, the pregnancy went fine up to a certain point. Everything was fine, and then there was a point about twenty eight weeks, twenty six weeks, that I. Uh, I was leaking amniotic fluid and had and was getting ready to go into labor. So I had to go to the hospital. Let me back up, though. Before this happened, I was singing in the choir at our church in Oklahoma City at Heritage Baptist. And I had this feel. It was weird at practice. And I just remember having this feeling. It was like the first time I kind of felt like maybe I'd had a vision of some sorts. But I was praying, and I just felt this come over me where I felt like God was saying, You're fine. And she's going to be fine. She's, you're, you're, she'll be blessed. You're fine. And I was like, well, that's nice. Like, I didn't know what was coming. I just thought he was just reassuring, like, that um, things were just going to be okay. So then um, when this happened and I ended up having this medical issue and I had to be on bed rest, I ended up having to be on bed rest for about eight weeks before I had her. Um it's a long time. Oh it is really long. It is so long. And the first two weeks were in the hospital, and they thought I was going to have to be in the hospital for the whole time. And then they were like, okay, you can go home, but you are on bed rest. You're down. And then I ended up having her about 34 weeks. And she was in NICU for a week, but she was she was totally fine. And I remember people were, like, worried about it, and, you know, is she okay? Are you okay? And I... I'm usually one that worries and stresses. That's an issue for me. But for, during this period, I wasn't. I was totally confident because I felt like God had already told me she was fine. It was going to be fine. So, yeah, it was scary. And, I mean, there were times it was scary that I was a little bit unsure. But um, God had just given me that as kind of a confidence that 
it was in his hands. Mm. That's awesome. And she is a beautiful young woman mm-hmm. today. She's also a junior in college. She is. She's a junior at Rogers State University. That's great. Yes. So. Um, something I thought I'd really like to share with our listeners today is the verse that I call my life verse, the verse that I've been clinging to more than any other verse in the Bible for years and years. And it is Isaiah 41.10. And it says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And maybe someone out there today needed to hear that verse and to know Mm -hmm. God is with you. And just like He has done that for me, that He will strengthen you and help you and uphold you with His righteous right hand and that He is with you right now in this very moment today. And Robin, when you were talking about that it was that God gave you somebody that you knew here when you when you came here and how, what a blessing that was. It was a blessing for me as well because during that time period, um, I had just found out that my parents were getting a divorce. Um, and this was, so this was 2012, yeah. And um, it was very difficult and they were divorced for about two years and it was rough and it was hard and um, all the way around. But... God worked through that as well, that it's two years later, two years after that, they met back up and it just kind of picked back up where it was and they got remarried (laughs) like a few months after that. (laughs) And they're better than they've ever been that I ever remember. So, I mean, it ended up being a good thing, but it was a blessing for me when that hit that you guys were here because, I mean, you and I kind of grew up together. So yeah, I, I remember that was one of our first conversations that we had face-to-face in Owasso. Mm-hmm. We were talking, and, and you said, wow, this is what's going on. And I think we just talked and hugged and maybe said a prayer together, but it was just this little glimpse of that's real, and that, that is painful. And, and at whatever age, it doesn't matter. Like I think mm-hmm. we think in our marriages sometimes that we've, we've gone this long, we've been married this many years, Things usually happen at the beginning, and that's just not the case. I mean, it happens at any age, so we just have to be careful and and put boundaries and and um, be guarded of our marriages the whole time. That's right. That's a really good thing to just say in this moment of this podcast, that wherever you are, if you are a married woman, that it's so important that you're praying over your marriage. And if you are single and hoping to be married someday, go ahead and start praying right now for your future marriage that it is protected from Satan's attacks Mm -hmm. because all of us are in a spiritual battle and we are so foolish if we think we're not. We're so foolish if we think, well, that would never be me because the minute you say never, that's when you open the door for Satan to get his foot in. Right. But all of these things that are difficult, that are afraid, that we've talked to other people about, that we'll continue to talk about, that we've been through, God will God can use any of it. And like for me in my in my job with, with kids, because I've been through some of that, when I have kids come in that are their parents are getting divorced, I have a picture of what that looks like. I have a little bit of a I've been there. So that kind of, that helps me to 
understand where they're coming from. I've also dealt with depression in my life, and um, it's just something that is a little bit genetic and a little bit all kinds of different stuff. So, um, But that helps me with that too. When I have kids that come in and they're dealing with anxiety, with depression or whatever, I, I get it. So, oh, yeah. Absolutely. I guess one thing that we are hoping that our podcast can do for any listeners that are tuning in is to be an encouragement in your life and remind you that God can satisfy all of those longings that you have and the things that are frayed in your life. He is going to hold them together, just like Colossians 1, 17 says. And another verse that is just um, just a reminder of His goodness is Psalm 107, 9. And this verse says, For He satisfies the longing soul, and the hungry soul He fills with good things. So, when you're seeking in your life that what's going to give me that true satisfaction, the true meaning in life, it's really Him. And He's the one that satisfies our souls deeper than anything in the world ever can, deeper than any earthly relationship or career success or financial success or any kind of status. His satisfaction that He gives is really what we crave in our hearts. So then, just to end this up, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Robin that she, (laughs) (laughs) that I know that she won't say or that other people might not know. Robin is about the sweetest person you will ever meet. Oh, my. But there's another side to Robin. (laughs) Well, Purefoy Wall. She can be a little sassy. (laughs) And it's just funny because people know that I've known her for a long time. So they're like, is she really that nice? She can't really be that nice all the time. And I'm like, no, she really is. But if she's getting on to Eric Wall, which I've heard a few times, then you hear hear a little bit of a different different voice from Robin. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, when... We're with each other. Um, you know, when you're with your friends, you you can see the the good and the bad and the ugly. So, yeah, I think Jill's seen all sides of me. <laughs> but, I mean, we do kind of sideline called this podcast Sweet and Salty. Robin is definitely <laughs> the sweet, for sure. Well, Jill, thanks for bringing the saltiness, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I got a little bit of salt in me. A little bit of sass. <laughs> Something it might be interesting for us to hear today is how did the idea for Afraid Not podcast get planted in your heart? Where did that come from? Well, I have a, like, not probably unhealthy love of podcasts. Like, that's all I listen to anymore, all different kinds of podcasts. Um, I listen to people being interviewed. I listen to funny things. I listen to educational things. But... um, I just really loved the one, especially the ones where women were just telling their stories and how our stories matter and our stories are what move things. That's what moved history. It's what moves people to, to do things. So I was realizing we have a lot of people in our church or people in our community or people that we just know who have stories. So I was, but I didn't really want to jump out there by myself because I don't know any of this technology stuff, and <laughs> um, and it's more fun with a friend. So I asked Robin if she would co-host this with me. The first time that Jill brought this up, I remember being pretty shocked, open eyes, saying, "Are you serious?" 
wow, really us? Um, okay, well, let me, I don't know. Because it seemed so unknown and so much technology that was really out there with a big question mark. And I think that just for the first few weeks or months, all I did was just pray about it and think mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. And we didn't do anything about it for quite a while. Yeah. And Robin is new to the podcasting. Like- right. Because until February of 2018, I had never even listened to a podcast ever. And Jill said, hey, you want to check out The Messy Table, which is actually a great podcast for all of you out there, that you might want to check that one out. But I, she said, you're mentioned on one of the episodes. And it was so intriguing to me. I thought, how in the world could that, what? So I listened to- Because it's your friend. It's my dear friend, Jennifer Jewell, who is just a fantastic minister and a wife, and she's wonderful. And so I listened to her podcast and really quickly loved how I could gain so much insight and wisdom and encouragement and hear someone's story and be encouraged to just live my own. I really loved that. So then we started talking more about it and thinking, we really could do this. We really should do this. There are so many wonderful women in our church who do not know the fantastic faith stories right around us, just Mm -hmm. down the pew. (laughs) And it's really fun to make a bigger church feel smaller by sharing these heart stories. Mm -hmm. And by letting people know, this is the lady I go to church with, and she's right there with me, and I didn't know I had this in common with her. Anyway, we just love the idea of connecting stories, not just in our church, really as as far as they'll reach to encourage right. people. And so we, asked, we really should honestly tell people, um, how easily did all the technology come to us, Jill? Oh, <laughs> it, that's been a rocky road. <laughs> so in case you're wondering... Was it just so easy breezy for us? And no, we did, no, it was not. No. But sometimes things get hard and you feel like, well, maybe this wasn't the thing I'm supposed to do. Maybe God's telling me this was not the right path. But I think a lot of times when things get hard, it's, no, this is the right thing to do, but you have to figure it out. You have to, there's going to be obstacles. And honestly, Satan would have loved us to give up. So spiritual warfare is sometimes one of those things that we might face and feel discouraged. If we give in and stop, we're giving the victory to our enemy. So I'm glad we didn't stop. I'm glad we didn't give up. I feel like God told us to do this. So for us to obey Him is worth it. And if one person, if even one person is helped in their walk with the Lord, it's worth it. So that's where I, where I am in this. Yeah. And my heart in this, I just want to hear authentic, real stories. I just want us to come and be real and and, you know, things do get frayed and messy and and not great sometimes. And sometimes they're awesome. And so I just want to talk about all that. sometimes you have a gigantic fever blister on your lip. Sometimes you do. Sometimes like you do. I do right now. Yes, and it is not true. pretty and it hurts. So you know what? We're not going to stop. Even if we have a fever blister, we're yeah. going to keep on going. <laughs> and sometimes you take antibiotics for a month and you get thrush like a two-year-old. Oh, that must have been that's fun. super fun. So, anyway, that's that's kind of where this the origins of this podcast came about and what our heart is in it. So, um, just if we're friends with you, just stay alert because we may be coming to you to ask you to tell your story. And honestly, it's a great way for you to let the Lord use 
your story, if that's ever something that comes across your path, that if he wants to use your story to comfort others with the comfort with which he's comforted you, just like the scripture says, that's your opportunity to open up and that's what we feel like we're doing, that God is using the little whatever we have and taking it to bless other people, we hope, and encourage your life. Do you, since you're new to podcasts, do you have some podcasts that you like that you think would be good for maybe new podcast listeners that we have? I really like the one I've already mentioned, The Messy Table. I really like the Jamie Ivey podcast called The Happy Hour. So you could Google both of those or search them up on iTunes. They're easy to find. And I also really enjoy a couple more. One of them is called Uniquely Beautiful Stories. And that's a podcast by Heather McIneer, who is my cousin in Oklahoma City. It's a great podcast. And then another one I'm also really enjoying that I have heard several um, episodes of is The Glorious in the Mundane by Christy Knuckles. So those are some of the ones I really like. Know. You know a lot of podcasters, Oh, Robin. I'm so excited I get to know Christy Knuckles. Yes, our parents were friends at OBU so long ago, and our lives have, our paths have crossed through that, and it's really a blessing and a treasure that I know her, yes, and her amazing talent of writing music has blessed my life. If you've never checked out the music written by Christy Knuckles, I encourage you to do that today. Download it on your phone and enjoy the music that God has put in our heart. It's so good. And I like those podcasts as well. And then I would also add, um, if you're wanting something a little lighter, the Popcast with Knox and Jamie is pretty funny. It's just pop culture fun stuff. They also have one called The Bible Binge, which is um, where they take stories of the Bible and they cast it like it's a movie. So it's, it's a little bit different. But it's those a fun some, take. It is a very fun take. So, those are just some ideas if you're new to podcasting and you just needed some more things to listen to. I mean, I'm sure you just want to listen to us, but. <laughs> and a great book I'm reading right now that I recommend is called The Road Back to You. And it is a book about the Enneagram, which is such an insightful way to understand who you really are, who God made you to be, and to not have a a stuck attitude of, well, that's just, I'm just stuck being this way. I can never change. But to realize that the way God made me, I don't have to just use as, as an excuse of, well, I'm just stubborn or I'm just angry. That's just the way I am. But instead to see that God has designed me in a way that when I really open myself up to him, then the parts of my personality that he intends to refine, he will. And so I really love the idea of this way to study yourself and study how you tick and what makes us stronger and and help us understand others too. And how did you first hear about the Enneagram? Why, my friend Jill McCormick. It's <laughs> fun that you would ask. So by the way, Jill, what are you on the Enneagram? What number are you? I am an Enneagram 6, I believe, with a 7 wing. So sometime we'll have an episode and we'll talk all about the Enneagram. But if that's something, if you like personality stuff, like the DISC or um, you know any of, any of those, Sanguine, Cleric, all those things, this to me has been the best one I've ever studied. It seems the most accurate. It has a spiritual aspect to it. But it is just kind of like... These are some things 
to know about yourself and then you can you can move from that and kind of how to understand and relate to other people when you know when you understand what where they're coming from so we can get all into all that another time because that's a whole episode in and of itself so thanks so much for listening we um just wanted to kind of let you guys know who is behind the microphones and that's just a little bit about us and you'll learn more about us as we go too i'm sure we hope you have a great day And next time, we'll be with you again in a couple weeks. Have a great day.